where Dave and I plan this year's company holidays. Let's go through the list. Easter, too religious. St. Patrick's Day? Too white. Mother's Day? Way too cisgendered. All of your usual holidays have been canceled this year. But we still have Karl Marx's birthday! Ha <laughs> Need a real reason to party? Find a new job at redballoon.work. Well, friends, it looks like the plan for Canada is to drop all remaining travel mandates by September 30th, and it looks like it's actually going to happen. That means no arrive can, no proof of experimental gene therapy injection, and no more quarantining. Honestly, I am rather delighted about all of this. I'm a little bit speechless, and I'm wondering just what tyranny will be next in place of this. Also, we interviewed Maxime Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada, and we discussed his party's decision to have what he says is an open discussion about the issue of abortion. So we asked Max some pressing questions, and he gave some honest answers. Max and I did agree on one thing, however, and that is that you cannot vote for Pierre Polyevre because he's a snake. It's September 22nd. I'm Andrew DiBartolo. That's Matt Halleck. And this is the Liberty Dispatch. Welcome to the Liberty Dispatch, broadcasting across enemy lines into the Canadian culture war. Thank you once again for joining us today. Whether you're catching us on your favorite podcast catcher or whether you're watching us at our Rumble channel, Liberty Coalition Canada, we do ask that you would subscribe, rate, and review, especially on uh, Rumble. You can go to the various different programs that we have, like Open Mic from Michael Thiessen, the Liberty Lounge with Tim T Tyso, and this program, the Liberty Dispatch, and you can subscribe to those shows so then you can keep up to date on everything that we're, that's coming out from us. It, it is a help to get our content out to more people, so we would ask that you would engage with our content like that. And speaking of engaging with our content, you can also do that at flfnetwork.com. That's the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. We're partnered with them. And that's cool because they have an app and you can get us on demand on that app as well. So be sure to go over to your Google Play or your Apple App Store Type in FLF app or Fight, Laugh, Feast app, and you can get it there and get our content on your phone on that app. Also, go over to our website, libertycoalitioncanada.com. Check out everything that we have going on there from our various initi initiatives to our legal advocacy to our news commentary and analysis. That is all of what we've got going on at the Liberty Coalition Canada. Also, be sure to sign up for our email list at the bottom of the page. And if you would, please go to the top of the page, hit donate, and please leave us a donation. Or you can uh, just scan the QR code at the bottom of the screen. We do appreciate, uh, do appreciate all donations, even if it's just a small monthly donation that you give. It all helps us continue to build this institution, continue to get more programming out to you. And we have a lot of stuff coming down the pike as we kind of wrap up this year, as we get into the fall and the winter that you guys are not going to want to miss out. And we have some amazing interviews that are coming up as well. Not to mention more sponsors. Everything's growing. It's bigger. It's better. Get on the train. Help 
build Liberty Coalition Canada today by donating. So we really appreciate you doing that. And finally, if you would, if you want to reach out to us specifically, go to info at Liberty Coalition Canada dot com we've been getting so many wonderful emails from you our listeners and our viewers in fact so many that we actually want to start to read them on air so if you want to ask us a question if you have something that you want us to share on air please at info liber at liberty coalition canada dot com reach out to us and say mailbag question comment something like that just to highlight the fact that you wanted to, us to read your comments, your questions on air, and we want to start to engage with those more. So we have a plan to do more audience engagement, to, to change up things. As you see um, in every program, we're changing things very quickly here on the LCC. So we would really appreciate your support in that through donations and also sharing the programs and everything that's it for me by way of housekeeping, Andrew. Uh, do you have anything to add to what I've said? Uh, just to say that we have appreciated the feedback and the questions and the comments from our audience, and we want to have more and we want to deal with it. There was one email, well, I mean, maybe next week or the week after, got a really good mm -hmm. email with some comments and questions about something that we, we do or a way that we say the things that we do. And I was able to mm -hmm. respond back. And I want to actually take that question and that response. And I want to bring it before our broader audience over across all our platforms. Because I think, I think it's good for them to, to see that and to hear that. Now, before we move into our first story, I want to say that our first story is brought to you by our partner over at Rocklink Investment Group. Full disclosure, and anyone who's been following the show for a bit knows that I am done with big banks. My personal account, even our church accounts, we have moved away from the big banks. Let's be honest. When was the last time you really felt like they helped you and treated you like anything other than just a number? Why does it feel like when you walk in a bank, it's more woke than if you're on a university campus? All the signs and symbols, it, it, it feels like you're attending a sensitivity training class as opposed to going somewhere where you're supposed to have someone take care of your money or deal with your investments. So if you're fed up and you want some real investment advice, minus all the corporate socialism and woke capitalism, then give my friends at Rocklink a call at 905-631-5462 or send them an email, info at rocklink.com. That's info at rocklink.com. And our first story we want to go live to Oz, Ontario, where our local correspondent, Glinda the Good Witch, has a breaking story. Glinda, what, what's, happening, what's happening in Oz, Ontario right now? Let the joyous news be spread. The wicked old witch at last is dead. That's great. See you later. Wow. Great news. We don't often give good news on the program, but we could be very thankful, Andrew, that it appears that the, the insane travel mandates that have been put in place by our federal government 
for two and a half years, well beyond basically anywhere else in the world. I've talked to many friends and family who have traveled over the last little while, and it's Canada that it is uniquely restricted when it comes to travel, mass mandates, vax mandates, and especially um, with the insane digital uh, app, the Arrive Can app. So we can be very, very thankful, Andrew, for this next story. Yeah, and I so I'll, I'll, I'll qualify what you said that it's it's in the Western developed world. I mean, I know for example, I think Liberia still doesn't let unclean people <laughs> without the juice in. That's Liberia. And China has a no. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not Liberia. We're not China. We're supposed to be pretty close to it. Well, yeah, Ch- <laughs> Ch- China. To, we're there, but we're supposed to be. One of the freest, most prosperous, most advanced, most developed countries in the world. And of all of those countries, of all of the ones that purport freedom and prosperity and justice and equality and equal, like, out of all those countries, we've been the worst. Mm-hmm. By far, Absolutely. we've been the worst. Absolutely. So, Andrew, this story comes to us from the Globe and Mail, and it reads as follows. The federal government plans to drop the COVID-19 vaccination requirement for people who enter Canada by the end of September, the same day it ends random testing of arrivals and makes optional the Arrive Can app. The changes for arrivals at land, air, and seaports of entry are planned for September the 30th, but have yet to be finalized by cabinet, according to four sources. The Globe and Mail is not naming the sources because they are not authorized to speak publicly on the matter. Nevertheless, the mask requirement for people on trains and planes will remain according to two of the sources. So, Though it's very good news in the fact that a lot of these um, draconian policies, Andrew, are being dropped. A lot of these silly, useless travel measures are being dropped. It appears that they still want to keep the uh, mass mandates in place if these sources are to be trusted. And I can't help but just notice, and this is something that's not widely reported in any of the mainstream stories that I've seen, but for anybody who's actually paying attention to what's going on is this story was leaked before and now announced on the very day that a court hearing was being put forward to challenge the legal validity of these insane uh, um, travel restrictions and the the legitimacy of the Arrive Can app and a guy who we're, we're going to talk to in a moment here, Max Bernier, was at the forefront of that legal challenge. And he, I think, rightfully highlights the fact that this is a cynical political ploy is now you have some pressure, legal pressure. There's going to be things that have to come out in court that have to be disclosed And on top of that, what are we dealing with? Well, we're also dealing with the first, uh, the the opening of the fall session um, in Parliament as well. So 
a lot of this pushback that is becoming against the, the, the insanity of our federal government is now starting to bear fruit and you're seeing it. Now, they're never going to admit to you the reasons they're going to hide and obfuscate and cover everything up, Andrew. But what this lesson we can take away from this is if we continue to push back, if we do not comply, if we say no... It has it has some good fruit. Uh, I've heard a comments. lot of people. I've heard a lot of people with regards to this say, you cannot downplay the effect of something like the trucker convoy. So let, let's. I want, but I want to work this back here. So we know that there is a connection, or at least it, it appears quite clear that there's a connection between both provinces dropping their provincial mandates and the Conservative Party of Canada shaking up the leadership. Both of those very much connected to the Freedom Convoy. Because there was silence or because of what, what we saw happen across various borders or at various borders across the country, provinces backed off and you have a huge shakeup in the leadership of the Conservative Party. And people will point, and I think rightly, that that's due in part, maybe in large part, to the Freedom Convoy. But what I want to say is, true as that may be, if you actually want to thank a group of people, if you want to pinpoint the source for even, I would say, a lot of the force behind the Freedom Convoy, because a lot of the force behind the Freedom Convoy were Christians across the country in terms of local organizers and countrywide organizers. If you really want to thank someone, if you want to thank the tip of the spear of the resistance movement and the freedom movement in Canada, you better thank a pastor. You better thank one of those pastors across this country who before anyone else, they were getting arrested, they were getting fined, they were getting ostracized, they were being criticized by the media and even by the broader evangelical churchy world. But if you want to be thankful for who were the people at the very beginning, who were the people that were behind the Niagara Declaration, right, this first very public stance in Canada, who were the people who were behind the End the Lockdowns Caucus? Who are the people who were behind helping to mobilize businesses? Who are the people behind helping churches to stay open? It's pastors in this country, and if I might tip our hat, it's us here at the Liberty Coalition Canada. Because we, from the very beginning, I mean, if we want to go even back to January 2021, when, when formally we started to push back, the reason why you have the political pushback you do, the reason why doctors are coming out and other people are coming out and we're trying to strengthen businesses it's because of a lot of the work that we did initially. And again, the, the vanguard of the freedom movement in Canada has been those bold pastors who kept their churches open, who held their local elected officials and provincial and federal elected officials. They held them to account. They discipled their people well. I know these guys, these brothers. We spoke at rallies. We spoke at events. We did outdoor worship services where we called the state to repent and we galvanized the people for freedom. So if you want to pick a group of people, if you want to pick those that you should say, wow, I'm thankful for the work that they did because it led the foundation for some of the things we're seeing now, you have to thank that group of solid freedom pastors and by extension, I, I would I would I would pat ourselves on the back here at the Liberty Coalition Canada because it's the work that we're doing, for example, with Dr. Curtis Wall. The reason why the tribunal took away or rescinded their publication ban, which was 
hiding the identity of Dr. Wall's experts is because of our legal counsel and the work that we did and because our audience and our viewers supported it and actually supported it financially. So I'm going to I'm going to pat us on the back a bit here. And, and that's that's a really, really important point that we can't gloss over. When we say we, we include you who help us do these various initiatives, who help us actually advocate for people in the courts. You are a part of that. You are a part of the we if you're helping us continue to grow and build. So that's really important to understand. Back to the story, Andrew. Again, crass political play at work here because what's going on? Well, so the challenge that Max Bernier has br and, and, and others have brought before the co courts is a challenge to the validity of the travel bans and the 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 vax mandate stuff like that um and they're trying to highlight that it's violative of our charter rights and freedoms especially mobility rights uh, uh which is uh section six of the charter and now because the uh, the announcement that the feds are planning to lift these bans what do you think the federal lawyers are arguing this is a moot challenge. It should be thrown out because we're getting rid of the mandates. They're no longer being foisted on people. So we don't have to litigate this in the courts because what they don't want is they don't want precedent being set. They don't want the courts to say, this is illegal. This is unlawful you can't do this because then that would stop them from in the future doing what oh by the way this draws this you know what i just i just remembered we covered a story like this not that long ago when the businesses sued the provincial or the federal government over the issue of vaccine mandates mm -hmm. I, I, we got to look back and find maybe we can we can look over it and link that that episode that we we did where we covered the story where it was two business people filed a lawsuit in order that they could, through discovery, get the 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 actual evidence for or the justification for the vaccine travel mandates from the beginning. And in the story we covered, when we looked at the emails between the health minister and the travel minister, we saw that a week before the vaccine mandate was set to take place, all they said was, hey, we're looking for justification. So they didn't even have a good reason. They tried to they tried to drum one up as if to say, let's come up with some reason. So this all came out in discovery. And then once the vaccine mandate was dropped, the federal government or the federal lawyers basically said, listen, the lawsuit's non-existent because the mandates are done. So your lawsuit's a moot point. So these two business owners continued to sue for damages so that they wouldn't bury this in the secret, but that they would bring this out again and say that these mandates, so this, you're right, this is the play that we see that in order to avoid the consequences or in order to avoid shining a big light on what's going on, instead of saying, hey, we're sorry, hey, we were wrong, hey, come to us justly, they change the rules and they say, oh, well, can't be mad at us anymore. Can't sue us because it doesn't matter. It is a very so. This is the second time we've seen a very dirty legal political mm -hmm. play to cover up something. Now, now in response to that, the lawyer who's arguing the case, uh, Presvelos is his name, Sam Presvelos. He is pointing to the fact that um, not only have has the government continued to. 
um, suggests that they are going to keep specific and various different mandates in place, but that they, they've also, also talked about the potential of expanding them in the future and changing those directives is um, case in point to the fact that this is not a moot case, that, um, that sure, this is good news. It does not mean... Um, the government's done with these mandates. So uh, the, the case is still relevant is what, uh, what they're trying to argue for. So we'll see how this all shakes up, but what we can be very thankful for is people who are fighting back are pushing back in the courts because that is, again, like we talked about with James last week, it is so important. Maybe we don't get all the wins, but if we continue to push, if we continue to stand on our rights as Canadian citizens, if we continue to fight for those rights and hold government to account, we can get wins. And we certainly can't get wins if we never push back. So that's what I want to highlight. A takeaway, good news. It appears that many of these silly, idiotic, foolish, and harmful restrictions are being lifted. But we can no longer afford as Canadian citizens to rest on our laurels. That's become evident over the last two and a half years. So we have to always stay vigilant. We have to always stay ready to fight and defend those rights and ensure that these sorts of things that have happened over the last two and a year, half years do not happen again. And we, so, we can't sleep on this because as we no. know and as we've covered, our federal government is planning on rolling out both a federal digital ID program and a federal centralized currency, a federal centralized digital currency. So ArriveCan, mm -hmm. in many ways, was a was a test, was a pilot project. It's a beta test. That's it. Yeah, it was just a test, test to see if we could do it, which was the point, right? That we in the episode where we covered Canada is the harbinger of the WEF globalist agenda. We saw that it was back in 2018 that the WEF imposed their known traveler ID program and Canada, the federal government of Canada, Pearson airport, air Canada itself, and the Montreal, the Trudeau airport of Montreal were all partners. So arrive can was the pilot project that the WEF said was a pilot project. So the digital ID and the centralized digital currency, this is the next thing. And so now's not the time to say, ha ha, we're, we're free. Now's the time to say, one, when these other things come down, am I going to continue to push back and rally around those who are pushing back in whatever ways that that looks like? Two, how am I preparing for that? So how am I preparing? So for example, one of the ways that you can prepare is get your money out of big woke banks today. Today, at the very least, start with smaller credit unions, but Talk to our friends over at Rocklink. Again, this is me personally here. When all the shadiness started going down with the trucker convoy, the elders at my church sat down and we said, what are we going to do with our money? Because we're vocal in our support of the freedom movement and our teaching elder, who happens to be me, is also a more public figure in the freedom movement. So our church decided we need to get our money out of big banks and we need to not only move money and investments to people who agree with us, who don't hate us and who will support us, who will protect our money, but also thinking carefully about your resources. So now, is now, friends, is not the time to say, ha-ha, we won. 
Now's the time to rally around like-minded people who are going to push back. And even though there's a cost to it, and you need to make decisions now with your money, with your resources, get your kids out of government schools, get your kids out of Marxist indoctrination centers. Like now's the time to put the things into place to be prepared for the real thing when arrive cam was just the beta. So it's the challenge, right? Be, be vigilant. Like you said, Matt, be, be aware of what's going on. Don't be like the, don't be like the sluggard, right? Be like the grasshopper who works and understands with the changes of season, there's work to be done. Don't be like the fool, right? Who says in Proverbs, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest tomorrow. I'll get to it. No, no. In another day, I'll get to it. The scriptures call that person a fool. Be wise, be vigilant. And thinking about these ways is a great way to lead into not just our interview with Maxime Bernier, but also that interview is brought to you by our friends over at Red Balloon, our fairly new friends. You might think that woke politics and medical tyranny have destroyed the Canadian workplace. But did you know that some companies are standing up and saying no? In just one year, over 2,000 companies have pledged to honor free speech and medical privacy at redballoon.work. And Red Balloon is coming and has arrived in Canada. Business owners, this is for you. If you want to find top-tier, values-aligned talent, or you want to access one-of-a-kind courses that guide you and help you build an uncancelable pro-freedom workplace, sign up today at redballoon.work slash LCC. There are great resources available for you. There's their Freedom Academy, lots of good stuff to strengthen your business and find good employees. And job seekers, if you're tired of skin deep promotions and vaccine checkpoints, and you want to find a courageous company that shares and protects your values, new jobs are waiting for you at redballoon.work slash LCC. Again, that is redballoon.work slash LCC. This is one of the ways you push back. If you're a business, sign up, find good employees so that you are uncancelable, that you are pro-freedom. And people looking for work, potential, and future employees, you're going to want to go to redballoon.work slash LCC so you can find businesses and you can work for those that share your values and share your commitment to freedom and liberty. Yeah, man, it's it's so important. As a, as a man who used to manage a multi-million dollar uh, restaurant, I've, I've hired a lot of different people. I've I fired different people. I've managed a lot of different staff. And it is so important to find people who have a good work, work ethic, who are conscientious, who are who are values driven because those people are are always the best workers. And that's really what is great about Red Balloon is it connects employers who value those intangibles with the people who want to bring those to the table. And then it also sets forward standards that each employer and employee have to live up to as well. So we can hold each other accountable in those valuable ways as well. So it's a wonderful program and you definitely want to go over to redballoon.work slash LCC. That's how they know you, you came through us. And let's grow this movement in Canada like it is growing in the States. We want to be on the front end of that. Speaking of people who are standing up for freedom, 
you talked about pastors. You talked about the Liberty Coalition Canada as being on the forefront of that vanguard of this freedom movement in Canada. A man, a politician who has been there very early on when no one else was, was Maxine Bernier. We have serious disagreements and different philosophies and worldview than Max, but Max has been a stalwart for Canadians' rights and freedoms, whether they want to use them or not. And for that, we can be very thankful. And I think you'll be very blessed, dear listener and viewer, by the conversation we have, because it is a very candid conversation. We talk about some of those differences. We push back on some areas where we want to see growth from Max. But he's honest with us about where he is, about his evolution on some key issues, like issues regarding life. And I think you're going to be really, really blessed by this conversation. I think it's very unique to be able to talk to a politician in the way that Andrew and I had the opportunity. So please listen to this, but also share it with your friends and family. Because I know a lot of people in the conservative movement um, have had a hard time based off of some of the stances that the PPC has had and, and some of the voting record that Max has on life issues that they can't support the PPC. But I think this will help sh shine some light over those disagreements and those concerns. So we're not telling you who to vote for, but we just want to say this is a wonderful interview that you're not going to miss, want to miss, and you're going to want to share it widely. So without further ado, Let's get into our wonderful conversation with the leader of the People's Party of Canada, Maxine Bernier. Well, we have the distinct pleasure of being joined by the leader of the People's Party of Canada. That's the PPC for those of you who've been under a rock for the last decade or so, Maxine Bernier. Mr. Bernier was a long-running member of Parliament representing the riding of Beauce-Quebec for 12 years until leaving the party formerly known as the Conservative Party in August of 2018 after coming to the difficult realization that a lot of us have also had to deal with in the last five to seven years that the federal Conservative Party was, quote, intellectually and morable, was too intellectually and morally corrupt to reform. Agree. We totally agree. Upon his departure from the CPC, Maxime started the PPC, which seeks, quote, to offer Canadians a real principled alternative to the corrupt establishment parties, end quote. Maxime, thank you so much for joining us on the dispatch. It definitely is a pleasure to have you with us to have a discussion with you. So thanks for taking the time. I'm very pleased to be with you. Thank you for inviting me and um, we'll have a great discussion. So uh, before we get into the questions, um, because if there's one thing that, that Matt and I are known for, it's we shoot straight, we're honest about, about what we believe, and we have no, no bones about communicating that. But I wanted to, to, to temper the conversation to say this, and I'll get personal. I personally have been deeply grateful for your work and your leadership with the PPC. I have had no problem in the past casting a vote for both yourself 
and for the local people running for the PPC in my riding in Kingston, the islands. And I've had no problem encouraging other people to do the same. I've attended rallies. I've got connected with the people who are in charge of the party locally. And so I've been personally very grateful that you have been one of the rare voices in the last number of years in Canadian politics across all levels, federal, provincial, municipal, calling out the silliness in the government, showcasing the fact that the Conservative Party has abandoned true conservatism. You know, I was there in Ottawa when you were there, when James Topp arrived. I've seen you at various rallies and you have been a a loud voice for freedom and for liberties in Canada uh, in a sea of compromised conservatives. And so there is a legitimate thank. I'm, I'm legitimately grateful for your leadership and your work in the last number of years. And it has been a joy to be able to see that and encourage that and to invite Canadians to, to do the same. And so that's not just a buttering up. That's an honest, sincere take from someone who's been involved in the, the political landscape in the last number of years. So I wanted to get that out of the way that I am very grateful for the work that you've done and I'm excited for the future of the Canadian political landscape because of some of the work that, that you've done. So I'm sure Matt feels the same way. Yeah, we I, I I always bewail the fact that we don't have politicians with courage of conviction. So, Max, regardless if we agree or disagree, you are one of those politicians and we can be thankful for that. And I hope you're just the tip of the spear as far as creating a generation of Canadians who get into politics, who stand on principle and not pragmatism. So we do really appreciate that. Um, Andrew, take the first question away here. But 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 first, first, oh, I, I just yeah. want I just. I just want to thank you, uh, Andrew and Matthew. Uh, I'm just doing my best uh, as a politician, uh, promoting ideas that I believe in, and you know, based on our Western civilizations. And I was, uh, you know, always uh, fighting for that in the past, and I will always do that in the future. But uh, I thank you. The time is—it's a tough time right now in Canada and around the globe. Uh, if you are a, polit uh, a political uh, party or a leader of a political party that is not in line with the establishment political parties, and if you're fighting for freedom and less government, uh, that's a little bit more tougher for us. But I believe that uh, we will win the argument, and I believe that the time is on our side. I believe that people will look at us and yes, like you said, Andrew uh, and Matthew, Matthew, we want to offer uh, another alternative, a real alternative. If you want to vote for the four uh, establishment political parties, go for it. Uh, and, you know, I won't change to try to please you. But we all offer an alternative based on strong principles. And it's our platform will always be the same. So that's why we are different. We don't have a new electoral platform before every election. Uh, what I said in 2019, I said the same thing in 2021, and that will be the same thing at the next election. So that's what I like, you know, doing politics mm -hmm. uh, uh, and with your conviction and knowing that it is uh, successful uh, from zero person in 2018, uh, when we created the party, 1.6 in 2019, our first election, and 5% at the last one. So we are growing, and um, and we we will uh, have an influence, I believe, in the future of this country. But I want to thank you also because I'm not alone. It's all Canadians across the country, freedom fighters like you. 
uh, that are creating that movement. And I want to thank you also for that. So let's let's talk about ideas. You mentioned ideas, so we'll talk about ideas. And I, I appreciated the discussion you had with Mike on his podcast. Mm-hmm. I thought that it was it was really good to hear you say, let's open the discussion specifically about abortion. Let's have the debate, even to hear you your voice kind of your position, your thinking on, I'm for this, I'm not for this, this is where I land. And I was I was happy to hear that. And the, the reason why we wanted to talk about that today was in our audience, I think our audience represents a broad spectrum of Canadians. You'll have some that are distinctly Christian in their convictions, in their beliefs, and you will have some that are not necessarily Christian. They might be, as they would perceive, kind of neutral or 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 we're just about freedom we're, we're we're freedom fighters right the freedom movement in canada has been rather broad and so we know that represents our audience that's the the spectrum and we know even as you said that you have a number of people who want to run ppc who have dis- or who want to run for the ppc with distinctly christian convictions and so one of the things that people that you know, discussions i've had with people is as a party that's more libertarian leaning where does it land both its leader and its platform on social issues and one of the one of the issues specifically is that of abortion and so i mean it's no surprise to you that much like mike matt and i are bible believing conservative christians and so we think that there's a god who's designed the world to work a certain way with certain rules and laws and that the more we line up our lives with those the better it is and we would agree that principles like liberty, limited government, individual responsibility are Christian principles. And so that's why it's always better for a country when they do that. So I wanted to, to launch off that discussion with Mike. And, you know, part of having the discussion is even letting you know or helping you even understand where it is that, you know, biblical Christians, conservative Christians, social conservatives would come from to have this discussion. Um, and so there's a couple questions I wanted to ask, uh, and they're, I guess, shorter questions that hopefully have kind of shorter answers to, I guess, help unpack this is where we're coming from when we approach the issue of abortion. And so the first question would be this, how would you define murder more broadly? Like, what would you say murder is? What, what, what would be a basic definition you would give for murder? Okay, just uh, before answering the question, I just want, when you said in the intro that uh, we are a political party, uh, more a, a kind of a libertarian party, mm-hmm. you're right about that, but I like to call our party the People's Party, mm-hmm. uh, a, a smart populist uh, political party. Uh, you know, uh, we are promoting classical liberal values, we are promoting conservative family values. Uh, we know that uh, uh, this country has been built, if you look at our Charter of Rights and our Bill of Rights that defend Baker uh, table in the 1960s, and uh, in the preamble of the Charter of Rights and Bill of Rights, it's, it said in this country has been built on the supremacy of God and the rule of law. So all that is important for the People's Party of Canada. So that's why uh, I like to call our party a common sense populist party, because our policies are common sense and based on strong principles. So that being said, uh, about the abortion debate, uh, yes, we want to open it. And answering your question about murder, 
a murder is it, it's a murder you know I, I don't want to have a new definition of murder uh, if you kill somebody you do a mur a murder uh, the question is now uh, if you if you if you are a lady and a woman and you have a baby uh, and you're pregnant uh, and you have abortion is it a murder so that's an interesting question um, so I just want to speak personally about me on that uh, uh, when I, I jump into politics in 2006, I'm coming from Quebec. And in Quebec, you know, uh, the majority, the huge majority of the population is pro-choice. And so for me, I didn't have any question about abortion that, at that time. Uh, you know, I was, I was okay with that and I didn't question that. It was not uh, so important for me as a politician. I was more focused on the economy. Uh, you know, I'm coming from the private sector. I worked 19 years in the banking and financial sector in Montreal. So for me, the economy was more important and not the social uh, uh, issue, the social uh, challenges that we have in our country. And I become more aware about that uh, a couple of years ago when uh, we uh, created the People's Party. Uh, we created the People's Party based on uh, the platform that I had when I was running for the leadership of the Conservative Party of Canada. But also, we need to have a, a, a bigger uh, platform, a global platform, a comprehensive platform. And, and I questioned myself about abortion. And uh, I said, you know, it must be time to reopen the debate on abortion. Because now, if you're here, here in Canada, as you know, if you're pro-choice uh, for, for, for everybody, that means that you can uh, have an abortion two hours before giving birth. And for me, answering your question, that is a murder. That's for me, it's sure, late-term abortion is a murder. So I said we must reopen that debate. I said that in 2019 at our first election. And I said that recently, when after the decision coming from the U.S. On, on abortion, that was in the news here in Canada. So, but I want to open that, but I want also everybody to understand that our party, the People's Party, is not a pro-choice party or a pro-life party. Uh, we won't take, the party won't take any uh, decision on that, any stance on that. Uh, we won't have a policy on that. We believe it's a question of conscience. It's a very important question. Uh, and, uh, and every uh, member of parliament must be able to vote freely on that. So that means that we have pro-life people and a lot of pro-life people. And I'm very proud that uh, we had our first candidate during a, a by-election in 2019, uh, early 2019. We had um, Loraline uh, Thompson that was our candidate in a by-election, and she did very well for her first party. I think she had 10% of the vote. So, and, and she's a, a strong pro-life. And I don't like to use pro-life and pro-choice because uh, you need to have a definition about a murder. And for-, for Right, so yeah, so how would we define it? Give me, I guess, so let, let me mm -hmm. offer this up. I'll offer this definition up and you say, I agree or I don't agree. So. Yeah. I don't think it's enough to just say killing because, for example, yeah. if someone comes into my house and threatens the livelihood of my family, if I defend my family, I wouldn't call that murder. So let me, I guess, I'll offer this definition yeah. up, that murder is the intentional ending of innocent life or the intentional taking of innocent life. If you have someone who's innocent 
and you intentionally take their life, I, yeah. that's murder. Do you think that would be an acceptable definition? Absolutely, So yes. the reason why, and so, okay, so part of the reason why the abortion debate matters is because I think you and I, and we all agree that murder needs to be legislated, right? You, need, you can't just have people murdering. We need to have laws for murder. So mm -hmm. if murder is the intentional taking of innocent human life, then I think we could all agree, one, that's wrong. And two, yeah. we obviously have to legislate it in the sense it needs to be laws. Okay, so if that's, if that's murder, it's wrong, it should be legislated. The next question is, I know we're not biologists, but um, <laughs> whatever, happens, whatever happens inside a woman when the sperm and egg meet and there's conception, is at that point, is there something living? Forget about what it is, but is there something alive? Is it growing? Is there cell division? Yeah. Is that a living thing inside of a woman? Uh, absolutely, so, absolutely. So then the next Talking question would be, what kind of a thing is it? Yeah, so that that's a great question. And it can be a, be a baby and a human in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a biologist, but some are saying, no, it's not. It may be only after three months or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why we must have that debate to educate the population on that. And for me personally, uh, I said, you know, uh, I believe that the late-term abortion is a murder because you, you can see there's a baby there. There's something there. There's a baby that must be uh, not allowed in our country. And, and also other of our, like, uh, other of our uh, candidates are saying, you know, Maxime, it's, it's life and it's a baby at the beginning. So we must not allow any abortion in our country. That's a position that I respect. And that's why I want to have the debate. And that's why I want to have a, a parliamentary commission on that, having expert people, uh, you know, Christian that will come and, and, and test and be, uh, be part of that commission with other uh, medical experts. And we need to have the definition because when I said publicly that it's a murder, for sure, for sure, late-term abortion, you, you must see the reaction. Uh, you didn't see the reaction that I had all across the country about that. People are not, are not ready there. There's maybe a minority that is growing. We need to educate them, and that's why we need to have. So answering your question, for me personally, I'm open Mm -hmm. Like I said, so it's a, it's, uh, it's alive. Whatever's inside a woman is a living thing, um, and yeah. then the question is: so, so th this would be the position. Um, if we're to categorize that, right? Like, for example, if we were to take a DNA sample of whatever's yeah. inside of a woman after one day, right? After yeah. ten minutes, if we yeah. were to take a DNA sample and we were to actually test it, it would yeah. test as human DNA. Right. So mm -hmm. it's so it's it has that has human DNA um, and what's it's in, neither what, the mother nor the father. Right. It's so its, it's, own, it's, it's, it's a tertium it's, quid. It's its own thing. It's right? unique it's and it has human DNA. Yeah. So if mm -hmm. if it's a human, even though it would be a microscopic and, you know, mm -hmm. the level of development very would, be, small. would be nil. Yeah. Right. Almost no development at that point. If it's a human creature, regardless of how small. And if we agree that 
murder is the taking of innocent human life, right? Murder doesn't depend on level of development, whether it's a one-year-old or a 30-year-old or a 60-year-old. So the issue is, have we taken human life? And so if it's a human life, or as, you know, as as Horton hears the who, a, a person's a person, no matter how small, right? Doc, Dr. Seuss was right about that. It's a very, 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 very small, less developed human Then the taking of that human life at any stage has to be murder unless, and this is where I'll, I'll, I'll let Matt, I'll let you respond, then I'll let Matt take over, that if we say that it becomes a human at some point, so the issue isn't about viability, but if it becomes a human, then that is problematic because it's either what, a human life it? it's either a human life or it's a, a dog or a plant or like when we categorize living things so if it's a very small human life so like I guess hypothetically if we, if we know or if if upon study and research you personally come under the conviction that from the earliest stages that is a human life scientifically biologically even though it's a very small human life that doesn't have features that we perceive. If it is a human life, then would the taking of that innocent human life be murder? If it is a human life, and if it is murder, should we legislate it? I know there's a lot of ifs here, but let's yeah, we'll play yeah, the hypothetical. Yeah. If it's a human life, <laughs> we're reasoning together, yeah, right? If That's it's a the human whole life, point of it. And yeah. if taking it is murder, then mm -hmm. we should legislate against it. So three ifs, but again, let's say mm -hmm. if if if. Is that where yeah. we would land? And then after, mm -hmm. I'm going to let Matt take over from, from here. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, oh, sorry, Max. I just, because it's kind of piggybacking off of, <laughs> yeah. of what Andrew says and kind of what you've said. So I'm just interested. I had the amazing opportunity to just listen to your conversation, listen to you and Matt, Mike go back and forth. And just a question that kept coming to my mind, I appreciated that you were so bold to say late-term abortion is murder. Sex selective abortion is wrong. Yeah, that puts you in the minority of our politicians. Yeah, totally, which is, totally. We greatly appreciate it because you're right. People freak out when you say that. Yeah, which should be exactly. totally not controversial. No one should. No one should say, mm -hmm. "Oh, how dare he!" So uh, we appreciate mm -hmm. that. That's that puts you at the very least in another category. <laughs> yes, absolutely. But so my question then to, to kind of hit on yeah. what what you guys have both talked about thus far is what is like philosophically the essential difference between uh, a human that is you know seven minutes old and uh, a human being that is 32 weeks old right like if if what is the essential difference in those two things that would make abortion inappropriate at 32 weeks but then appropriate at earlier on is it just one of those things where you haven't necessarily made up your mind yet or you just don't think it's practical to to make a definition uh, you know help me think through your thinking on this area yes so uh, first uh, we agree uh, on one point that uh, we don't have any legislation in canada on mm -hmm. abortion and now it's legal to have an abortion two hours before giving birth. Yeah. So that's why we agree that we need a legislation on abortion in this country. 
That's why we want to reopen the debate. And that's why we are welcoming uh, pro-life uh, Christian candidates that will table a bill on abortion. Some of my candidate can, candidates can table a bill uh, saying only, you know, late-term abortion. And I believe that another candidate can table a bill saying no. We must not be able to have any abortion in this country because for us, life is in the beginning, the early beginning. And I understand that some Canadians, and a lot of them, are thinking, are, are thinking like that. So what is, and, and, and I, I hope, I, I truly hope that we'll be able to have that debate and, and to educate more people. Uh, including myself on that, mm -hmm. including myself on that. Yeah. That's why, that, that's why uh, you know, I, I'm, uh, I'm new in that, in that debate. And I must admit it, like I said, in politics, for me, abortion, that was not a question. I was not concerned about that. It was more the economy. I have a strong economic background and we have to build a, a political party. And so the, there's not only the economy, and if you want to be a prime minister of, of, of our country. So that being said, uh, answering your question, if, if, and if, uh, yes, if, if uh, it's a human being and it's proof and, and, and you know, there's in different countries, there are different uh, position on that. In Europe, you know, cannot have uh, an abortion after the first uh, uh, trimesters. Uh, in other countries, the second one, and they have that debate about where life is, is starting. And, um, and, and I want, I, I didn't follow that deeply. So that's what I want to do. That's why I'm with you today also. And answering the question, if uh, I will read, and actually uh, we, are uh, we are right now in the process to uh, travel across the country and meet more people. And I want to meet also our Christian uh, supporters and have a discussion with them like I have with you about it. And I may, I may now, I may move my point of view on that. And uh, now I, I'm pretty sure like everybody for me is clear like water that uh, <laughs> the late, late term, it's a murder, murder. But I may, I, I believe that if you have a human DNA, it cannot be a dog, yes, like you yeah, said. Yeah, we, it must be a human. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's from the earliest stages, and that's essentially what Andrew's getting at. And we know that scientifically. There's actually, if you dig in, Max, and I'm sure you're a well-read guy, if you dig into this debate, you'll see the pro-choice side does not no longer argues right. that it's not a human being from conception. In fact, what they yeah. say is it's a human being from conception, but because it's in the woman, we should be able to kill it. That's their argument. Um, so the needle the, the has debate, changed. As we've discovered stuff yes. scientifically, the, now, so now the needle if Canadians, used to be... If Canadians yeah. had this debate, we would know that that right. has changed, but we haven't had the debate, and we're appreciative uh, that you open it. Now, Max, you, you and Mike talked about how essential to any basic human rights is the right to life, right? That is the right yeah. that every other single civic right, whatever right you're talking about is built on. Because if you're dead, yeah. all other rights are superfluous, right? We can agree on that. And I really appreciate that discussion. Now, one of those rights that you've been a great defender of, that you've maybe been the best defender of as a political uh, party in Canada is the con conscience rights of Canadian citizens. And this is where it touches on 
when it comes to the abortion debate. And this is something that I would be really interested to hear your opinion on. I'm not, we're thinking, we're reasoning through this together. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, and I really appreciate you giving us the opportunity. But when it comes to the abortion debate in Canada, abortion is taxpayer funded. So regardless of where you fall on the issue, the government is coercively taxing you to pay for something that you are absolutely that if you're pro-life, you're absolutely morally and fundamentally opposed to this action. So would the PPC ever consider protecting the conscience rights of Canadian citizens in the abortion debate. Now, I understand that healthcare is the purview of the province, and they have a big part of in this. But I also know the federal government, as far as funding is concerned, can have a say on which healthcare procedures are legitimate and which aren't. And protecting conscience rights for Canadians on this, you know, this this really morally complex issue is something that I feel like if we're a freedom movement, that has to be a part of what we want to do. I like your question. Uh, it's a great question, and we, uh, we, I will answer that question by first saying that in Canada, we were uh, subsidizing uh, abortion uh, outside our country in African countries, and that was for money coming from the federal government. Our position at the PPC is to stop that. We will stop that, the money that we are giving to other countries to promote abortion. So that's clear. Uh, the question in Canada now, that, that's the question in Canada. You're right by saying uh, healthcare is a 100% provincial jurisdiction. Uh, you're right also, uh, as you know, that the, the federal government does not manage any hospital. That's at the provincial level. But also, you're right, by the federal government is giving 42, uh, no, $41 billion every year to provinces for healthcare. And when the federal government is doing that, sometimes is putting some conditions for the provinces to receive that money. So for me, I want to respect the constitution and the federal government must not give money to provinces for health care. So you're going to say, Maxime, you're crazy. Provinces won't have $41 billion as a subsidies from the federal government because you want to respect the constitution. The, the, the answer is yes. What we will do instead, we will do better than that. We will give them the GST. That's part of our proposal on health care. We will give that all the income that the federal government received from the GST in Canada. And it's $42 billion. So what I'm telling you, provinces will have the means for their responsibility. They would be able to raise money for their responsibility. They will have the GST. So the federal government won't do anything. And if we do that, they, will, they won't be able to come back to Ottawa and ask for more money. We're going to tell them, you, have, you are able to raise money with the GST. And what that will do, that will push them to, to, to question the system, actually. We have a socialist healthcare system that is not working. So now, if you're a Canadian, you don't know who to blame for the waiting list for surgeries in this country. Is it the federal government, because the federal government is not giving enough money to provinces? 
or is it the, your provincial government because they're not efficient at managing the healthcare system? I want you Canadians to know who to blame. And it will be the provincial government because the federal government won't give any money. And now you have a debate at the provincial level for more another system, a mixed system like they have in Europe for private delivery or public delivery, but everybody will have a universal coverage. So answering your questions, I won't cut funding to provinces uh, and tell them, you know, you cannot do that because you won't have our money. They won't have any of our money. They will have the responsibility of the GST. So they will raise money and do what they want for healthcare. So I won't be there and I won't give them any money like I won't give any money to another country for abortion or for health care. Health care is not under our jurisdiction. It could be under them. They will have the money for that. They will do. And that debate will have to come at the provincial level, mm -hmm. like the debate in the U.S. Yeah. on abortion. Yeah. The Supreme okay. Court said it's at the state level mm -hmm. and after discussion there. So then and Alberta for, for, can be Alberta, Manitoba can be Manitoba, Quebec can be Quebec, and we can respect the jurisdiction of all the various provinces on this issue. I think that's a great answer. I, I really appreciate the thinking on that, Max, and I'm glad I asked the question given the response. Yeah, and, <laughs> and maybe maybe in Alberta, the Albertan government would decide not to subsidies abortion not to give any subsidies to abortion and another province will decide to do the opposite so people uh, will and people will be able to move in a province and and vote with their feet if they want mm -hmm. so max a question i was wondering is as you were talking a little bit about having the discussion you know education learning more about this issue where do you plan on or where are you presently going to you know get information like do you have a i guess other than saying i have a team assembled who will gather things for me do you in your mind have a i want to talk to this person or this type of person i want to go to this organization in order to best inform yourself in order to really learn about um so again i'll be I'll put my cards on yeah. the table. Yeah. It is a human life. Yeah. There's no, like scientifically, yeah. I think, unless you find people that have hard biases, even Time Magazine, all these very non-Christian organizations and scientific yeah. groups all universally agree that at the moment of conception, something is growing and what's growing is is a human being. So that's why the, 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 the debate, like Matt said, is not whether or not it's a human, Science has made that clear, but is it still okay to kill the baby because it's in the woman's body? So mm -hmm. I yeah, trust yeah. that if you're going to honestly seek um, to get the information, the knowledge, that eventually you're going to you're going to find out that it 100% is a very very small, less developed human life. But in your mind, mm -hmm. do you have like do you have places where I want to go here? I want to talk to this person. Um, I guess what's the next step for you in your? Uh, Evolution in, this, in yeah, the debate. Yeah, sure. Yeah. In, in yeah, learning yeah. and growing and educating, what, do you, what, what are you going to do now, other than discussing with your yeah, candidates yeah. who are tabling legislation? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so, so uh, what I'm doing right now, I have a list uh, at my office of different books by scientifics and some Christians that I want to read. And so after reading that, I'll be more prepared to have a discussion with uh, some people. So that's the first step first step for me. Um, I have that list at my office, so I have a couple of lists. Uh, I believe that I received a, a good uh, recommendation from uh, 
uh, one of my partisan, a Christian partisan that wanted me to uh, personally to take another step. And so the first step I will read. And after that, I will do a search for more information, speaking with other people. Mm -hmm. But guys, just speaking with you also, it's a kind of education for me at the same mm -hmm. time. Well, yeah, we love we love that you have enough cojones, Max, to even just come talk to us who many would consider far right crazy nationalists yeah. with all, all that all so that you're, you're in good that, company here because you're also yeah, far yeah. we're all far right together yeah, here yeah yeah I, and you know i've been called a racist <laughs> also so but, right. consider the source max right. don't don't lose any sleep over max i know you have to go i do want to ask one question because i think it's going to be a question that's right in your wheelhouse I have a lot of friends, social conservatives, who feel like they're homeless in Canadian politics, but they're very weary of voting for the PPC. But why, and, and I think you're, you're going to kill this answer, why is it better to put our trust in the PPC, given their position on not having a party whip, to actually have pro-life momentum in the, the parliament than it would be to continue to go down the same path and vote for the same blues that don't ever get anything done on abortion what why yeah. should we be giving you our vote yeah first yeah if the abortion is the ballot question for you and you you want to change the legislation in our country uh, you know, I believe the first step would, would be to vote for a PPC candidate. Why? Because I was a conservative. I, I was elected in 2006 as a conservative until 2019. Uh, we created the PPC in 2018 and I was uh, at our first election in 2019. I was running uh, as the leader of the People's Party of Canada. That being said, I saw Stephen Harper and in the conservative we have strong pro-life uh, members of, uh, uh, of the Conservative Party and members of Parliament. They were not able to table a bill on abortion. Why? Because Harper at that time, and still the establishment of the Conservative Party of Canada, <laughs> don't want any debate of that. So they use all the tricks and the trick in the House and the procedures to be sure that the <coughs> Conservative pro-life MP won't be able to table a bill on abortion. And now you have a new leader that is, uh, and I believe it will be the new leader in a couple of days, uh, Pierre Polyev. Uh, everybody is saying that he will be elected, and I believe so also. He said he's pro-choice, and he said also that, uh, you know, for him, abortion is not an important issue in this country. And, uh, and I believe he will do the same thing like Harper did. He won't, uh, he won't uh, allow any of his MPs to table a bill on abortion because the mainstream media, it's not popular. And, and if you do that, you and you look at the, at the polls all across this country, a majority of Canadians are for the statu quo are for the statu quo. So he will want, and he's an opportunist politician. Look what he did uh, during COVID-19. It was not popular. He's a snake, it Max. He's a snake. He said nothing until yeah. he realized that there was a shakeup in the conservative leadership, and then he decided to be the savior. He said nothing on Bill C-4. He said nothing about—I'll I'm gonna. I'll publicly say— 
He's a slithering snake that you should, if you're a conservative, you should not vote for him. So I'm going to put that out in the open. Totally untrustworthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're right, it, because he's just opportunity, opportunist and he's just looking at the polls and he's not doing politics by conviction. Mm-hmm. So he will do that to stop that debate in the House because knowing that it's not popular and the mainstream media will be against him, like the same thing he did in March 2020 when it was not popular to speak for our freedom. So that being said, that's why you must not vote for the conservative party if you are a social conservative and for us you're welcome in our party <laughs> and i can tell you we'll have a debate we'll have a bill maybe we can have a bill that will uh, that will allow the abortion the first trimester a bill that won't allow the abortion abortion but we'll have that debate and i'm telling i'm telling canadians that my position right now and it's important to say that right now Late term sex selection, I'm saying no to that. And like I told you, I will do more reading and, and maybe I will change my mind. I'll know. But the most important is our party will have a debate. And if you want to vote for a candidate of the People's Party in your writing, ask him or her what is uh, his or her position on abortion. And you'll see. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you're going to commit to letting see. them vote by their conscience, put bills up by their conscience. It would be, it would be a free vote. It would be a free vote, and I can tell you that I'll be the last one to vote because I do, I don't want to influence uh, our members of parliament. So I will let them vote. It would be free for everybody, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm I'm looking forward for that debate because okay. we are not we are not. Uh, I, it, we, it can, the statu quo cannot be there, can, mm-hmm. ca- cannot stay. It, it's not in line with our values, and that's why we need to have that debate. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling people, vote for your belief, vote in line with your conviction, and you have more chance to have what you believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, you voted for the conservative, you didn't have nothing about abortion, so it's time to be the change and vote in line with your values, and you'll have... If you vote PPC, we will deliver because I'm not saying that to pander to you or to have your vote. I said that in the 2019 election. I just repeat our position recently because it was in the news in the US, but I'm not pandering to anybody. This is the position of our party. We are open for that debate. Let's have a debate and and members of parliament will vote freely on that. Well, Max, before we land the plane, I'll, I'll say this even on our show for our listeners, but I want to recommend to you, if it's not on your list, to check out Campaign Life Coalition, CLC, Campaign Life Coalition. I know that they have a strong presence in Ottawa as well. There are people to meet with. There's lots of good stuff there online. They do a lot of good work. They do a whole week, a whole pro-life week as well that, uh, you know, I was connected with some of that stuff. So, um, Max. I I spoke. I spoke with their leader. What is the name of the leader of the... John, uh, is it John uh, Fonseca? Fonesca? I yeah, can't yeah, his I last name, yeah. Sorry yeah, for mispronouncing your last name if you're watching this, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I spoke with John a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago about that, and mm-hmm. he told me, yes, you know, do your homework, and I'm open to have a discussion well, with Max, you. Well, Max, thank you. Max, that, that yeah, thanks so thank much for so coming much, on The brother. Dispatch. Yeah. This, has been, this has been good, and I'm, I'm thankful that yeah. you're willing to have the discussion. Um, that, I mean, the reality is your position as it stands right now is the outlier position, 
and I would mm-hmm. say at the very least does represent a good number of Canadians, Christian mm-hmm. or otherwise, who would say that clearly you, you can't, you definitely can't do this. This line mm-hmm. cannot be crossed. And so, uh, Max, where can people, where can we send people to connect with you, to hear more about the PPC yeah. and, and track with you on this, this, this journey yeah. of education and learning and growing in this particular area? Yes, they can follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, on Rumble, on YouTube. But the most important, they can go on our website, peoplespartyofcanada.ca, and uh, they can write to us at info at peoplespartyofcanada.ca. They will receive an answer. Maybe it will take four or five days. We are a small team. We received a lot of emails, and I'm very pleased with that. So, um, yes, we uh, I'm, I'm welcoming uh, their emails and if they want to know more about our platform everything is on our website awesome well thank you so much max again for coming on reasoning through this with us for even being open to have the conversation and the debate i know that's even an outlier nowadays so we really appreciate your courage of conviction what you're doing for canadian politics stand firm stand strong uh max and and we'll have your back here uh and uh, we'll we'll hold your feet to the fire if it's something we disagree with, and we, we can we can agree on that. So thank yes. you again for joining us, brother. Take care. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Matthew. And I'm very pleased that I had the opportunity to speak with you. But I believe uh, it was the first time, but it won't be the last mm-hmm. one. So thank you again. Have a nice day. God bless, brother. Man, I'm really grateful that Max joined us for the interview. I mean, he had an interview with Mike, and he knew that he was coming into, you know, quote-unquote, hostile territory, specifically (laughs) with regards to these social issues. I mean, I wasn't lying when I said I'm thankful for him. I voted for him before in the past. I voted for local PPC people before Mm -hmm. in the past. And so I'm, I'm, and how refreshing to have a politician who's honest. And, you know, he tried, obviously, when you're in politics long enough, you learn the art of the longer answer and the dance. So that's unavoidable. Yes. But but the spin. He, nevertheless, <laughs> but... nevertheless, when we pressed, he answered. When when we pushed, he gave an honest answer and he gave um you know, he gave a direct answer. So I'm I'm thankful for that. And I really do hope, then I really do pray that not only the Lord grabs a hold of him, but that at the very least that he would come to the understanding that from the moment of fertilization that is a very very tiny precious human life that Mm -hmm. must be protected at all costs and hopefully he comes to realize that so that he even though it might be at at a cost to some of his base on principle would say that human life must be protected and we must legislate against the murder and ending of that life i really hope he does i also look forward you know we were talking off screen with max i look forward to meeting with him hopefully in October over breakfast sometime in Ottawa to keep talking about this stuff. So really grateful for the opportunity we had. Yeah. And the thing that just stood out to me in the conversation is when we're looking at parties, Pierre Polyev is where Max Bernier was maybe a half a decade ago, right? On these issues, he's far worse than, than Max is. And Max is open to having these conversations. And what really strikes me is the structure of the party and the constitution of their party is so much more free for conscience rights that it's 
I think by and far, uh, far and away, a better party um, than than the the Conservative Party of Canada. Um, so, those are just some thoughts. We really appreciate you tuning in. We hope you were really blessed by that conversation. Please share it widely. We need to have these conversations. This was an honest and open conversation with the leader of a political party in Canada. That is virtually unheard of in Canadian politics. So let us get this content before our neighbors and and the other citizens of this great nation so we really are, are thankful that you tuned in and we hope you were blessed by the discussions uh and as we say at the end of every uh program for freedom christ has set you free stand firm therefore and do not submit again to a yoke of sla slavery galatians 5 1. godspeed Thanks for tuning in to Liberty Dispatch, a united front to restore liberty and justice in Canada. Please subscribe to our podcast and Rumble channel, as well as visit our website at www.LibertyCoalitionCanada.com.